Hello, I'm Meredith Harper. Welcome to Ukulele is the New Black, a podcast where I talk to ukulele players to find out why they play ukulele, what they love about it, and how it's changed their lives. I wanted to play an instrument because musicians are so cool and I wanted to be cool, but I found playing an instrument is kind of hard. In today's episode, I talk to Bill and Lizzie, otherwise known as Toast Garden. They're a couple and musical duo based in Tasmania. Originally from Sydney, where they started out as a guitar and voice duo, they discovered ukulele and they've now filled their Tasmanian home with them. They play a couple of great renditions of Beatles songs during our chat, which I am sure you will enjoy. Yeah, it's the new black. Everybody's playing it. Ukulele players, introduce yourselves. Hi, I'm Lizzie. And I'm Bill. And we're a married couple that play ukuleles. <laughs> and together you are Toast Garden. That's it? Yes. So first I have to know, of course, tell me why Toast Garden? Oh, this is a very l- strange and, uh, and boring story. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> That's the best sort. <laughs> it is. It's a little bit of an in-joke. Yeah, Lizzie's, Lizzie's uh, father uh, wears great big sandals and he would always go clomping through uh, her mother's garden. She'd always say, oh, you're clomping through the gu- our, my garden with your big sandals. And so then that became something we would say if every one of us was kind of butting in on the other end, we would always say, oh, look, you've just come clomping through whatever. With your wide sandals. With your wide sandals through my garden. And uh, one day one of us was making toast and the other I one I think went, it was me. I was making that. And I was going in to, I went in to adjust the settings or something or take over and she said, look, you've just come clumping through my toast garden. And we just <laughs> laughed at that and they thought, you know what, that wouldn't be a bad name yeah. for a duo. So. And we did, at the time, we were just doing odd videos, really just for ourselves, like to have yeah. a record of how we were going with the songs and then people started actually watching it. So we'd already given ourselves... The stupid name. name. We'd already yeah. had the silly name. <laughs> But now we've stuck with it. It's funny how often, you know, you th- say something, you think, oh, that'd be a great band name. But normally you forget them, don't you? But you, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it <isn't>. yeah. <laughs> it's only because we put it on YouTube as our channel name that we remembered. Yeah, because we just start, we, I mean, we're fairly fresh. We were in a, a ukulele uh, group on Facebook and people were saying, oh, you know, you should, um, you should, you know, do some videos. And we thought, oh, well, maybe we'll open up a, a YouTube channel. So we had about three subscribers and they were all of us. It was us yeah. and our dog, I think, yeah. pretty much at that point. So we just thought, yeah, a toast garden, that sounds good. And, um, yeah. Now we're stuck with it. Now we're stuck with it. <laughs> <laughs> now it's a good thing to be stuck with. <laughs> well, um, Lizzie, I might start with you. Tell me about how you first started playing music. Well, I was a singer more than playing an instrument so much. Um, that is still an instrument. Yes, yes. But I, yeah, so I mostly sang and didn't play a different instrument. <laughs> um, but then I, um, Bill got me a ukulele for Christmas one year, out of the blue. It was a bit of a random thing, wasn't it? Yeah, a bit of a surprise. We might have seen them in the shop and I might have said, oh, that looks like fun. And Anyway, yeah, he got me one and oh, I just absolutely fell in love with it. I tried to play the guitar a little bit, but... I struggled. It used to hurt my fingers, and it was big, and I, so I many just strings. never seemed to get anywhere. Yeah, and it's like, oh, and then, but with the ukulele, you just seem to 
feel progress a lot quicker than any other instrument I've had a go at. And so, yeah, I just, I really loved it. And it just makes you feel happy. It's so portable. You can take it anywhere. So that's how it started. It was just from a Christmas present and then became like an addiction, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how long ago was that? That would have been, I think, in 2014. Yeah, around there. Yeah, it was okay. the year before we moved down to Tasmania. And so I'd had a little dabble with it and then... Once we moved down here and I had a bit more time, uh, yeah, I got right into it. And then you wanted one. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Off we went. All right, well, I started by playing the guitar. I played the guitar and, and played a bit of piano through school and things like that. And so pl played in different bands. And then uh, when I met Lizzie and we formed a duo, um, we played with it like it was guitar and keyboard so the keyboard had like a sequencer on board so you could make drums and bass and things behind it because when we were playing in those days uh, the clubs wanted a duo but they wanted it to sound like a band so um, that's what we were doing then I was playing the guitar and then around about 2014 um, I bought Lizzie her ukulele and she started playing it and and I, I wanted to help her as well so I, I was working out what would these guitar chords be on the uke so I'd work them out and write out some chords for some songs and 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 gradually I started to get addicted to the uke and I thought you know I think I want one of these too <laughs> <laughs> so then uh, then Lizzie bought me one as a as a present and we were absolutely off from there and now, now the house is full of ukuleles so between you how many ukuleles do you have oh it's hard to think. Look, I tell you, let's let's Too let's go through them. So the the first one I bought Lizzie was a Lanakai. Yes, then she bought me a a Carla, which is the one I've got here on on my knee. Then I got Lizzie a can, one Canalea. Yep. She's got a second Canalea that she's got there. I've got a couple of Koalua ukuleles. We've got two outdoor ukuleles. <laughs> This is getting frightening, it's isn't it? embarrassing. <laughs> no, no, but for two people, that's about right so far. Yeah. I've got a U-Base as well. We, we threw that into the, into the mix. Uh, what else? That little Pilikoa. I've got a Pilikoa because uh, when Lizzie ordered me this Carla, she ordered it from the ukulele site in Hawaii. In Hawaii and they do a big setup and everything. So there's a bit of a wait. And while I was waiting, I was thinking, oh, I don't think I can wait. So I... I got onto a, a local music shop that just had a few in there and I just thought, I'm going to grab one. So I got a Pilikoa, so that's that's sitting somewhere as well. I think that's about it, isn't it? Yeah, that's ten. Ten. They're five each. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I've got a Kanalea as well. So that, that's a pretty high proportion of Hawaiian ukuleles you've got there. That's yeah. impressive. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, I think that happened because we started, we when we were on the Facebook group, People were um, talking about Hanoka and Azita. I don't know if you've heard of them. They're two young Hawaiian girls that played like really fancy, like Taimani, but two of them. Two of them, yeah. Yeah, and um, and they were really very young, and so it was kind of a, a you know amazing. Look, look, look how young yeah, these girls are, and they're really super players. Yeah, I think and, they'd been playing since they were like three or something. But they both had cantilevers and. It just looked so good, and I was like, oh, I really want the Canalea. Yeah, I love the sound of it them. It was like I said to Bill, if I really show that I'm practising a lot, <laughs> think I could get one. <laughs> and then, yeah, he got me that 
the Kuipo one, which is like the one with the little love heart sound hole, which I, yeah, I really love. I love all of my ukuleles. It's like choosing between your children, isn't it? It yeah, is, yeah. It is. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, this, this one plugs, plugs in, which is why oh, I play this one most often, I guess, the Carla. Oh, and that's actually why I ended up getting the second cantalay was because none of mine had a... Oh, the Lanica. I had a pickup, but they didn't have a good quality pickup and we had a, a wedding coming up that we were going to pay right. for a friend and it was like, oh, we, need we really it. need to be amplified because we're going to be outside. And that's the thing with the ukuleles. They don't, they don't sort of create a big sound, especially outside where the air just seems to take all the sound away. <laughs> no, you do, and I think it's even just... Even if you're not somewhere that's it's um, where you need a lot of volume, I think even just to be able to get the balance between the ukulele and the voice right. Yeah. That's it too. The two of you started as a duo doing voice and guitar and what have you. How did that transition to ukulele go? Was that a, a long thing, a gradual thing? Well, uh, we played for years and years and um, do, around the clubs around Sydney and Newcastle and the Central Coast of New South Wales. And then when we, uh, we, we, we moved into doing shows in schools, doing theatre and education shows, so we stopped playing for a long time, hadn't we? Yeah, that's really probably when it, it changed because we weren't going in the clubs anymore. So we really weren't really playing a lot of music at home at, at that stage. No. And um, then, you know, once Lizzie got the ukulele, all of a sudden music started coming back in. We started sitting at home, you know, playing things and working things out and singing together at at home and um, that's where it's you know kind of kicked into high gear and it's been going full on ever since hasn't it yeah and so where do you play predominantly so you're in Tasmania too so what what is the ukulele scene like in Tasmania um that we, we know as far as groups are concerned there's a group down in Hobart I'm not sure of the size of that and that's about a two and a half three hour drive from us so where, where are you sorry I didn't ask we, that. we're we're up the top near Launceston oh, I like Launceston yeah, so um, we like it. So we we play around different things. There's fairs and festivals and uh, and that kind of thing. We we go and play market. We've played markets. a few markets, and there's the local pub we've played. They have sort of um, little festivals that they put on at different times in the year because Tassie's entertainment scene, I guess, is seasonal like the tourism is. It's just sort of kind of all quietens down a bit over winter, and then. Once it warms up a little bit, because most people can't handle the colder weather down here. <laughs> so the tourists all come between October and sort of April. And plus your fretting hand freezes for three months. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I understand yeah. that. <laughs> yes, being in Canberra, you would know about Yeah, the I think our winters are pretty similar. I've, yeah. I've been yeah. to Tassie enough. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's not a warm place. <laughs> no. no, that's right. <laughs> I mean, it's not that it's that cold. I think people just think, oh, you know, don't go to Tassie in winter. It's But when, when we initially moved down here, the first night we moved into the house and we didn't have a lot of things with us, and so we slept on a blow-up mattress with a sheet and we froze. We absolutely froze. That was in March. March. And we went round to the, the local service station where they sold firewood, but there was none available there. And we said to the guy, when are you getting firewood in? And he said, oh, mate, we don't get that until it starts getting cold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because March, you'd think, not too cold yet. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> it might have been the house. We've, we've acclimatised a bit more now, haven't we? Yeah. Oh, they, they say there's no such thing as bad weather, just the wrong clothes. Yeah, that's yeah, exactly that's true. it. And we just had that sheet. We just didn't know. We no. We had no clue. But I think that 
over the years, I can handle the cold a lot better. Like I, yeah. I can be in a t-shirt when I would have looked at someone going, "What? I can't believe What's you've going got a t-shirt on, on today." Yeah. We hadn't it's been like down here that thickens or something. We hadn't been down here that, that long, and it snowed. We opened the blinds one morning, and it's white, and there's snow falling from the sky. That doesn't oh, wow. usually happen where we are, but. And the next door neighbour was out taking pictures of it in thongs and shorts and a singlet. <laughs> <laughs> and we should just, just for our international listeners, just assure them thongs are the things you wear on your feet. That's, That's exactly it. That's exa- flip-flops. They're flip-flops. Yes, yeah. flip-flops. <laughs> Sometimes you need a bit of Australian Not translation. the underwear there. variety, yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So we do a bit of playing around the place like that. Where we would play, what we do most often with the playing, though, is... Um, doing covers and putting them on social media, and that's kind of a, a yeah, bit of a, in our a juggernaut. Yeah, in our house. Yeah. <laughs> so I looked on your website too, and I, did do, I said I did no research. I did a tiny bit of research. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got a few there, and I saw you do um, Perfect, which is the, the fairground attraction one, not the um, Ed Sheeran one. Yes. Yeah. And that's one a song I love to – we did I do a cover with that as well with my band, and it's such a fun song, isn't it? It really is. It is. I love doing that one. And, um, yeah, it always goes down really well too. Like it does. If you're at an actual gig outside somewhere with a real live audience. Yeah, they love that they one. They seem to really get into it, yeah. It's one of those songs you kind of got to wiggle and dance to it, don't you? Yeah, you do, you yeah, do. Help yourself. <laughs> and it's hard because the bass in that, the bass line in the, in the song with Fairground Attraction is just so much fun. So I have played it on the U bass. We've done it like that way. So it's a bit of a toss-up. Do we do it like that or do we do it the two ukes so that you can have that bit, you know? You know, the little lead bit in yeah. there? <laughs> so, you know, it's just a bit... Um, it's, yeah, we love it. And we used to play it before, too, before we played the Ux. We've done that song for so long, haven't we? We have. I think we actually did it before Fairground Attraction. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess while we're on, on to that, do you want to play something for me now? Yeah. Yeah, OK, well, why not? So what, when, we, when we, we've, we just started uploading covers, just whatever popped into our mind, any new song we'd learned that we were kind of playing on the lounge and enjoying... And for some reason, it turns out that we've done, you know, uh, five gazillion Beatles songs. I don't know how that happened oh, to be. You're a big Beatles fan. Yeah, yeah, I do. I love the Beatles. And so people on Instagram, you know, um, like seem to Beatles. like the Beatles. Yeah. So we've, we've seemed to do a lot of Beatles songs on there. So we thought we might do a Beatles song. This is a song that's very yuky. Um, it really lends itself to the uke. Uh, and I think uh, it's it's a pretty popular one to play on, play on the we'll Do give you it mind a quick... if we just tune? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Please tune. I think the Beatles... really cold in here, so they go out of tune quite quickly. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's pretty chilly in this room. Come in here of a morning and it is freezing in here. It's an old, like, 60s house, so it has no... Insulation, high ceilings, and yeah, it's yeah they, they didn't really. Oh, far out. Sorry, my cat just ran over the keyboard. <laughs> I, I think we're okay. <laughs> this is why I'm moving to a bigger house where I have a door and a cat proof zone. This is my living room. I am here. It's all up. Oh. In December, we bought a puppy, and um, so he's seven months now, but he is. Full, fully spirited. Like, he's very exuberant, isn't he? Yeah. He's just... He's like that across the street. Yeah, he switched up to 11 all times, and so we've closed <laughs> the door because we thought if he comes in, he'll be, he'll, he'll be whipping around in here like a whirlwind. All right, shall we give this a go? Yeah. 
It's alright. That's a song we've had a go at that one as well, and that that timing in that middle bit is tricky. The sun, sun, sun bit. Oh yeah, yeah. and, and yeah. sort of leading leading into yeah that the yeah. yeah. I decided to throw a wrong chord in there in that bit just to uh, just to keep it real. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can have a, a, a listener competition. You know, pick the wrong chord. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's no prize, just the satisfaction of knowing. Yeah, that's right. No. <laughs> And we do like to put the occasional wrong chord so everyone knows that we are doing this live, that, you know, yeah. I do record it live. I don't just slot it in later. It's important. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah we're very selfless. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, yeah. we deliberately yeah, we did that so we know. <laughs> so how did you go um, in the dreaded 2020? Tasmania, I think like Canberra probably wasn't as bad as some other parts of the world. No, we didn't get uh, hit quite so bad down here. I think that great big treacherous... Um, stretch of water, you know, kept us fairly safe. There weren't so many people coming over the border and things like that. And so it didn't really get as much of a hold here. But still, you know, um, it, everything kind of... It still impacted. It still impacted. Like, Everyone kind of... No one was coming, for starters, like, which for a state that's, I mean, a huge part of the income is tourism. tourism. So uh, I think JobKeeper probably kept a lot of businesses afloat. I, it, I think it did for the company that I work for because they do guided walks and, yeah, they we had to just stand down in April in 2020 and just take all your leave and we'll get back to you. At one point, hopefully, we'll still be able to keep going. It was that sort of dire and then the government brought in JobKeeper and that sort of 
kept us afloat until now everyone's just going mad for doing those kind of things because they can't go overseas. So it's like, oh, well, lots of people f- we'll just go flooding and come, come to Tassie. Straight. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. right. Yes, you can kind of kind of feel like you're going overseas when you fly over water. You yeah, that's right. yeah, that's right. We're going over some water. Yeah. They were. <laughs> Just take your passport with you to get the full experience. And it's fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, but um, yeah, definitely a, a time to, you know, uh, play a lot more uke, wasn't it? We played a lot of uke over over that time too. And uh, the people on Instagram that we kind of communicate with, you know, everyone's particularly around the world, the place that we're really super hit. Everyone's inside. Everyone's playing their uke, thinking, ah, this this is really getting us through, you know. Yeah, and one actual really good thing about the whole lockdown and everything was getting to do collaborations with people from Everywhere. all over the world where you would never have probably even come into contact with them if it hadn't been for sort of this everyone getting online and doing things and then you start following these other musicians and it's like, oh, hey, would you like to do a song together? And it's like, oh, I've got a real kick out of doing That's that. probably been the highlight yeah, of, of the whole Ute journey, really. As we we were on there putting on covers and things and, and and you know you play with people here and there which is we always love that but people we would never have even met we've played done collaborations with a couple of different people in Italy yeah. uh, in France a couple of different in uh, people from France a guy from England uh, a few different ones in America Argentina yeah Argentina well we've done Quite. a couple there Malaysia. The only place out of those that I've actually been to is the UK. Yeah. <laughs> <So> <laughs> it's like, wow, I've got to meet all these people I never would have otherwise. And just, yeah, just, uh, yeah, just we got so much joy out of doing that with those people, just playing with all these people yeah. from everywhere. And I think now that's probably going to be a thing that just carries on past the um, pandemic. It's just people will still keep doing that sort of virtual concerts and yeah actually someone you had uh on your podcast a while ago Gwendolyn Fitz mm. we uh did a virtual um oh, yeah ukulele festival, festival yeah. oh yeah she does the the, the Brooklyn one yeah. yeah 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 so we jumped onto one of those and uh and that was a real kick that was pretty much yeah we're playing in New York yeah we're in New York hey <laughs> I'm walking right. here <laughs> Now, it's funny to think I actually interviewed Gwendolyn Fitz in New York last March. It's, um, oh, wow. It's kind of oh. weird, isn't it? Yeah. I had planned weird. to go to Italy after that. Funnily enough, that did not happen. Yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Italy got hit really quite hard, didn't yeah. they? Yeah. <laughs> so do you um, do any originals as well or is it just covers? Oh, we've got, we've got some originals. Of originals. We're a bit sort of coy about it because, <laughs> you know, it's kind of... Mm, yeah, it's always a bit scary putting original. People seem to like them when we've put them on. Um, we've put them on Instagram. People have liked them, and they're on Spotify as well. Yeah. But we, I, I had there was a few on there, and then I've, I've taken two of them down, and then completely redone one. Yeah, because when we first did them, we thought, okay, we've we, you know we're uke players, and we wrote these songs on ukes. And then we started to record them, made them bigger than Ben Hur. So you yeah. got orchestras and dancing koalas, and we thought, "Hang on, <laughs> <laughs> let's let's get back to being a let's uke duo." Yeah, let's, let's get back to the ukes as a ukulele duo. So yeah, yeah we've, we've only got two songs that are on Spotify now, but they're that they're very ukulele-ish. Songs. Yeah, yeah, we keep we try, but it's it's not something that comes easily, is it? No. Yeah. And look, I think songwriting can be something you just do for you for yourself. It doesn't have to be something that you publish to the world. 
That's yeah. exactly, and that's probably really that's what, probably more, more what it is. is yeah. We write, oh, that sounds good. Those chords sound good together. Yeah, what can we do with that? And we just fiddle around, come up with something. Then think, yeah. well, now that's there, we might as well just stick it on Spotify. Yeah. <laughs> or, or I'll be in the car driving and I'll just start singing some random melody and I'll like, get my phone out and thought, right, I'm going to record that. And then I'll come home to you and it's like, hey, what do you think of this melody? And it's like, oh, yeah, that's all right. And then try and put some words to it and then thankfully Bill can just work out the chords to anything so and come up with kind of interesting ones to make it a bit more special. <laughs> Or maybe I just can't find the right ones. That could be it as well. (laughs) I said special, not weird. (laughs) Um, So why the move to Tasmania? Well, when we we were doing shows in school, after we stopped doing um, the playing around the clubs as as a duo, like a music duo, we started working in schools doing theatre and education shows, which was still music-based, and we travelled everywhere. So there was constant travelling with doing Through that. Real country areas. Yeah, you know. all over Australia. And it was, and you see all those places that you would never see. It was fantastic. We absolutely loved it. We've stayed in just about every hotel that Australia's got in every <laughs> wow. outback town. <laughs> but we did a few tours down here in Tassie. And just every time we came down, we just thought, oh, you know, we just absolutely loved it here. Um, so green and... It's quiet, like it's got a really nice vibe to it. The people are so friendly, and yeah, the people the people are just amazing down here. And and the cold weather was another big thing that we actually liked. Yeah, we liked it being cooler in Sydney because um, we, we lived uh, on the central coast. And when we had a job in Sydney, we'd have to leave a, a big time margin in case anything happened on the freeway on the way down. There were always hold-ups and things like that. Which I, meant- I used to do that too, actually. For a, quite oh, quite a few years ago, I lived in Morissette and worked in North Sydney. Oh, so oh yeah, I, I know exactly what you're talking you've about. Done the commute. <laughs> yeah. you, you've got to because uh, if if you don't just leave bags of time, you, you know, you you just hit something and you just can be sitting in traffic for forever. Yeah, you may get lucky and get there on like when it says, but then you. And then but then sometimes, yeah, if you get a good run, sometimes you're there early, and in the summertime, you couldn't park and sit in your car. It was just too hot. We're thinking yeah. you have to keep the the motor running with the aircon going, waiting for your, you know, for your job to start. So when we were down here, um, yeah, it's just much cooler. And the other thing is, because there's not the, you know, not the density of population down here. Whatever our Tom Tom, you know, our navigator said, whatever the time was to get from one place to another, that was it. Yeah. It was never a hold up. You never saw it slowly going up. Oh, no, that's... you're going to be there in <laughs> 20 minutes now. Yeah. So that took a bit of getting used to, didn't it? We were always getting to places. Oh, we were always getting to places super early yeah. when we first got down here. We thought, oh, we've got to leave more time, but you don't. <laughs> yeah, I found the same thing moving from Sydney to Canberra. Very much the same same experience. Yeah, yeah. and I can't imagine ever going back to Sydney. It's oh. just. Noisy and busy and expensive. Although apparently I'm living in somewhere where we have the most ex- well, our, our house prices have gone through the roof. I think they have everywhere, but I heard um, that Canberra has the highest rentals in Australia. Oh wow! Oh, wow. Okay, I know yeah. little Canberra. Who knew? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. But yeah, yeah. It's, it's funny the property prices have just gone mad. Gone mad here too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, really? Because one of the things I've always thought about Tasmania is at least the real estate's affordable, but um, not anymore? Yeah. Oh, I think it's still affordable, but it's definitely... It was like cheap as chips yeah, when yeah. we moved we, down. Yeah. Although it, it had gone up... When we were doing the tours, looking at the real estate, thinking, wow, yeah. this is so... 
you can get houses, yeah. some acres, yeah. for nothing. And, but by the time we actually did it, it was we couldn't afford acres. To steal, steal Dave Hughes' line, we waited for the market to peak and then we got in. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so have you got an, something else to, to play for me? Yeah, all right. Uh, we thought we... Oh, keeping in the theme. I might just... That was just a bit of percussion. That, we usually do that just a couple of minutes before the song starts. Just to wake up the <laughs> Yeah. So we thought we might do another Beatly one, this one. Uh, do you want to do Day Tripper? Yeah, do you want to do that one? Okay. So we'll give you a go, uh, give you a bit of Day Tripper. Oh, actually, I might need to... Uh, we'll give it another quick tune. thing with the guitar you just got too many strings to tune it takes too long <laughs> yeah look i've always said four fingers four strings makes sense doesn't it it does, it does. It it does. does. i mean how many notes are there in a chord anyway you're not going to be yeah. putting six That's in right. you don't need those <laughs> okay you want to give it a go yep
<laughs> nice. Well, I guess we can call this episode the Toast Garden Beatles special. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, we, do. we always seem to go with the Beatles ones. Now, Lizzie, I realised I didn't ask you earlier because um, ukulele, aside from voice, was your first instrument. So how did you learn to play it? Um, mostly Bill taught me most of the things. Like I would, there'd be a song. It's like I think the first song I learnt was um, <laughs> another Beatles song, something by, oh, you know, the George Harrison one. Yeah, something That's in That's a tricky way. one to start with. Oh, because it was just in... Oh, we just did... Great song. It does have a few chords. Yeah, it's like it. It's, it was kind of easy for that. And then the next song was really quite hard, but I just and I think that was probably what sort of really started to push me right into it. And that was that. Um, uh, yeah, so you recorded. Yeah, and you recorded little sections of it for me. With, so I could watch the video and I'd just learn the first section and then, and so I eventually got to know that. But I didn't really, I still don't really know what I'm playing. <laughs> it's like I've just learnt what the chords are, but I don't really understand like the intervals and things like you do. Like you can work things out more easily. But yeah, and that, that's how I learned. And then I got that um, James Hill ukulele way. He had like an online mm. course. Yep. And I got through most of that. I don't think, don't think I finished the first sort of big chunk, but that really, really helped me along. Like he taught me some of those funky little strums, like, you know, the... You know, the little like, Because he does a lot of sort of percussive... Oh, yeah, he does a lot of percussive yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah, but so little things like that I learnt, and I did learn sort of single note things. But because we mostly just, because well, Bill's so proficient at doing all the twiddly twiddly bits, I just have pretty much stuck with strumming, and I, I don't really know any of those little. I had learnt a few little um, chord melodies, but I've forgotten them now because I'm pretty much always just. I'm glad you call them the twiddly bits because that's what I always call them too. I feel better. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty. Sure that's in our band, I say, yeah, Chris, Chris, you do the twiddly bits. That's always how it goes. And yeah, <laughs> sure, he knows what I mean. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, I think we've reached that point. Um, now, who wants to go first? Maybe Bill, you can go first. Um, how has ukulele changed your life? Well, as I said before, we weren't playing, we didn't play music in the house, even though we had been musicians at, at some point. So, but the ukulele is really. Really, it's brought music into our house, hasn't it? Yeah. Um, we play all the time in our house now. And when we're out, we're taking ukuleles in the car. Um, you know, It's just injected a lot more music into our life. That's one big part about it. And the other part is that we've just now got friends all over. I took what she was going to say. She said, oh, no. Just friends around the world, all these musicians that we really are great friends with now that we've collaborated with, and it's just, you know, it's just something I would never have been able to do had it not been for the uke and, you know, and, uh, and, and putting ukulele and becoming part of the ukulele community. Yeah, it's that, it's that community, isn't it? It really you know, is. That's a big change and big impact. Yeah. And, and Lizzie? He took mine a little bit, but um, yeah, it was definitely the the thing of being able to 
play with people from all over the world and get into that the whole community and be playing music in our house all the time and it's just such a fun instrument it's really brought so much happiness but then I think probably the biggest impact which sort of dawned on me as we were talking um, is that I can pretty much if I want to I can just accompany myself I can choose a song I can find the chords I can work it out like and just be able to just make music whereas before I would always be relying on on someone else unless I just wanted to do a cappella but you know it's just I'd be relying on someone else to make it a song whereas now I can sing a, an entire song just in my own little in your own house yeah. you got, all of a sudden there's a song playing yeah, yeah. and it's I uh, really get a kick out of that and these little things they just really do bring so much joy. I mean they've brought so much joy into our lives and when you take them out you know, people just light up everywhere we play them people just absolutely light up they love it yeah, and so, you know it's just a just an absolutely joyous instrument I think yeah, so I think that's the biggest change is that it's just brought all this joy. And I mean, we had pretty much happiness anyway, but it's like brought so much extra added joy and happiness. And that music is just so much more ingrained into every part of our lives now, isn't it? Yeah, and it's filled our house with ukuleles and emptied our bank account. Yes, <laughs> but you know, <laughs> which is not entirely a bad thing. <laughs> That's true. In some ways, you're only here for a short time. You may as well enjoy it. That's it. Who needs to eat? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Well, thank, the, thank you to both of you for being on the show. It's been an absolute um, delight talking to you. Um, and, yeah, all the best. Keep on keeping Tasmania full of ukuleles. I love it. Absolutely. Oh, thanks so much for having us on. It's been a real pleasure. Yeah, we've really enjoyed. Okay. Thanks. Bye. I don't want a modern love affair. I need someone. Ukulele is a New Black is produced by me, Meredith Harper. I wrote the theme tune and I performed it with Janine Chandler, Jim Croft, Jasmine Fellows, Paul Marsh, Sandra Shaw and Chris Williams. Seb Carrero does the graphic design. It's got to be To hear more great ukulele from Toast Garden, check them out on YouTube or on Instagram at Toast Garden Ukulele. If you want more information about any of the things mentioned in today's episode, there are links in the show notes. You can also go to the Ukulele is a New Black YouTube channel for a playlist with songs relating to today's episode. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give it a rating or review on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, or wherever you listen to your podcasts, and tell your friends. Episodes are released every second Monday, and you can subscribe pretty much anywhere podcasts are found. I'll be back with another episode in two weeks. But I won't take anything less. It's got to be.